Listen, our very salvation is because of our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with God. That's how strong relationships are. You see, that is why our attitude to relationship matters. Never think that, oh, I thought about never this person again so you can go to him and then you do any kind of thing and then you don't care about their life again. No, be humble. Be humble. You can choose you can choose to be humble or you can choose to be humbled. Mm. Yeah, I said it. You can choose to be humble or be humbled. One of them is from your standpoint or your willingness, your allowance. The other one is by force, without option. I hear what I'm saying. There are people that you were classmates with, people that you were uh, a classmates with. How did you treat them? How did you relate to them? You know that sometimes because of how bad people treat certain people, later in life they need them, they meet them even somewhere or they need them for something, they are unable to approach them because they know how nasty they dealt with them. Relationship is so important. Don't let money destroy relationship. Don't let offense destroy relationship. There are things that you need to watch because the devil is always out to destroy relationships. Welcome, precious one. The message you're about to listen to will bless and enlighten you, and you are delighted about this. Ministering is Reverend Elijah, Pastor of Christ's Glory Ministries. Stay tuned, and God bless you. In this month, feed on the Word. Study the Bible. Study the Word. Feed on the messages. You see, stock yourself. I don't know, get concentrated. Concentrate the supernatural in yourself. Are you listening? Concentrate the supernatural in yourself, in your spirit. Praying, feeding on the word, talking the word. And then every day, talk the word. The confession booklet you have, speak it. Talk from it, talk from it, talk from it, talk from it. Set time, set time, set time. You see, there are certain things I'm looking forward to, certain things I want to do. I've set an alarm on my phone that on my tablet that you know will bell every day at a particular point in time once it bells, the title of the alarm is what I'm, I, I want to be confessing so once it blows and I remember and I start speaking it I start talking I start speaking I start talking it you have to do these things are you listening to me you have to do these things because the power of your transformation lies within your hands you see you have a you have a role to play in trans in transforming your life the materials that God gives you are for you to use. And one of the most effective ones is that which is in the area of your mouth. Can you imagine? What do we do with our mouth? We pray with our mouth. As powerful and as great and as glorious as prayer is, it is our mouth we use to pray. As powerful and as mighty as prophecy is, it is our mouth we use to prophesy. As awesome and as mind-blowing as faith is often demonstrated, it is our mouth we use to communicate and demonstrate faith, even in our confessions. And interestingly, you discover that all of these things are tied to or are different manifestations of the same thing, which are words. Words words when we pray we communicate words where we pray in our understanding 
or in the spirit, we are communicating words, spiritual language, spiritual vocabulary. When we prophesy, we are uttering words. When we confess God's word, we are uttering words. And it's so powerful because that means that transformation is tied to my words. Whether my words come in the place of prayer, or they come in the place of confession, or they come in the place of meditation, my transformation is connected to my words. Until I learn to start saying the right thing, transformation will elude me. Until I learn to start speaking according to what I want to see, not according to what I'm experiencing, or not according to what I may be going through or what somebody else is doing, I will not see that transformation. Is somebody following? Your transformation is tied to your language. It's tied to your words. Now, look at this. What is so grave or severe about somebody who he didn't the person the people didn't they didn't fornicate they didn't murder they didn't steal they didn't uh, um, abuse or beat somebody all they did was communicate and say the wrong things and god was angry who am i talking about the 10 spies out of the 12 spies that moses sent to spy out the land of Canaan. they came back they hadn't fornicated, they hadn't lied, they hadn't abused anybody, they hadn't seen anything. But God said, these people, they brought an evil report. That is what God said about it. You see? They brought an evil report. That's how God saw it. It was evil. Because of the words. Because of what they said. Jesus says, by thy words thou shalt be justified, by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Listen, pay attention. Who said this? Who said this? Jesus. Who said this? Jesus. Who said this? Jesus. I thought he should have known better. So that he would say, by your actions you'll be justified. By your actions you'll be condemned. But he says, and if anybody knows anything the best, if anybody knows anything at all, it is him. He says, by your words, you are just, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. Wow. That is heavy. Very heavy. Because he should have he knows what he's telling us. He should have tied our justification to our works. <laughs> I would mean. Yes, sir. We, we, we are not in a message yet. I don't know if we even go into it. But I'm just on the attitude that we ought to have in the remaining months of this year. Are you following? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Oh dear Jesus, dear Jesus, dear Jesus, dear Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating. My spirit is indicting a good matter. We're going to pray shortly, amen. amen. But before that, let's let's just look at the two instances I mentioned. Let's go to the book of Numbers. I believe it's Numbers chapter twelve. Okay, Numbers 12 is where God disciplined Aaron and Miriam for speaking against Moses. Praise God. So, chapter 13 is where we want to be. Alright, so let's go to chapter 13. Ah, sha, 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 sha. I mean, if, if, if you want to have an August camp, I can probably have it with the guys 
Because my, my place is big enough. You know, there are enough rooms for the guys. <laughs> no ladies allowed. <laughs> Just for, for now, praise God. Yeah. Uh, other than that, if one everybody involved, then we'll have to find a place. Or maybe we can, maybe just three days, you know. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Praise God. Yeah. Numbers 13. All right, are you, are you there? Yes, sir. Let's come down to verse 16. Numbers 13, verse 16. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Numbers 13, verse 16. Bible says, These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Oshia, the son of Nun, of Jehoshua. The son of Nun, Jehoshua, Jehoshua, that's Joshua. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And said unto them, Get you up this way southward, and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that dwell that, that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. Amen. Amen. So it was a time when grapes had freshly budded. Amen. Amen. Okay. Harvest season. 21. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob as men come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came unto Hebron, where Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai, the children of Anak, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came unto the brook of Eskol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. They cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. Now, if you know anything about grapes and how they grow, grapes grow in vines. They don't grow on trees. So for him to call a vine a branch, that shows that this was not a regular sized grape. Amen? Amen. It says, with one class of grapes, and they bear it between two people upon a staff, and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. In other words, when it says two people, two men, that's what he's talking about. Two men, they bore the grapes upon a staff. That was how big the grapes were. That was how big the grapes were. And in that land, there were giants. We haven't gotten to that time yet, but we will get there where I'll be going and, uh, you know, I'll be teaching certain. Um, mystery certain um insights that the word of god reveals to us about the giant race praise god the giant race that existed before the flood and how they found their way back after the flood till they were totally destroyed by david and his people and where several of the things that came into existence came from because in Genesis chapter 6, Bible speaks of the angels coming to um, lay with the sons of men. And they bear children unto them. So the children of the angels and the men were the giants. And these giants, they were very, very huge and tall. Very, very huge. More than 100 meters. Yes. Mm. More than 100 meters. And 
it got to a point where they could not be satisfied by normal food they began to eat all kinds of animals and even begin to you know abuse humans it was a gory sight some of them were deformed some of them had one eye that's where some of the cyclops mates and all these things come from and some of these angels that came down introduced men into different kinds of uh, things i don't want to go into all of that now even weapons, creation of weapons, some of these things, um, sorceries and other kinds of things. Mm. And different things that affect genetics. There's a lot. But maybe when we go into that and we begin to teach further, we'll come to understand how did these groups get so big? You've probably heard about this gen GMOs, genetic modified foods. Right? Yes, sir. You know, it's interesting. We think that we are so advanced that technology is not discovering some of these things today. Well, mm. the speed at which the civilization of Egypt went out, went at us at 4,000 years before, whatever was pioneering or foiling it, if it had continued, by now we are not driving cars. Oh, yes. But now cars would be for babies. Yeah, yeah. And mode of transport will be through, you know, uh, disappearing here and appearing there through machines and stuff like that. Yeah. Some of the futuristic movies you watch, because of the rate of the advancement. <laughs> let's 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 stay let's stay in, in this for now. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. But one thing I can assure you is that. The Spirit of God has so many things to teach us. And the teachings and those things that He has to teach us as entrusted as a ministry is to go out to the entire world. It's part of the reasons why we have work to do. Are you following me? Because there are certain things that, to be honest, I myself will not even like to teach them until we reach a certain place. <laughs> and the time is also short. So we have to work fast. Are you seeing this? Okay, let's 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 stay here. So, verse 23, And they came unto the brook of Eskol, and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bare it between two upon a staff, and they brought of the pomegranate of the figs. The place was called the brook of Eskol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Alright. Bible says, and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it flowed with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, they should have ended at verse 27. That's where they should have ended. Mm. <laughs> That is where it should have ended. You see, sometimes people may start something and say, Oh, the, the sentence was so powerful. I was so blessed. Oh, when I met the man of God, when the people received me, then they come to but. But. Reverend Isu said, But simply means big U10. Big U10. So everything you had just said before, just cancel wipe everything. So the people should have ended 
at 27. But look at what they continue to say. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are wild and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites were in the land on the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites were in the mountains, and the Canaanites were by the sea and by the coast of the Jordan. What is this? This looks like normal analysis, normal observation of what is going on, what is there. God does not want you saying that. That's what you need to understand. God does not want you talking that. God doesn't want you saying that. You see, if you have to say it, it should be said in a particular kind of way. But let's read on you understand. The Amalekites were in the land of the south, so on and so forth, and by the coast of Jordan, verse 30. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Ah, ah, ah. How? How did you how did you say that? Why did you say that? For they are stronger than we. Who are we? When you say we, who are we? What do you understand as we? Every time you say they are stronger than we, you have just excluded God from that equation. Because if God was in that equation, nobody can be stronger than you. The, the moment you say they are stronger than us, you have sidelined God. You have put your attention and your focus on the arm of flesh. And you have excluded God from the equation. That is the only way what you are saying will be true. That's the only way. That what you are saying will be true. That God should be excluded from the equation is the only way they can be stronger than you. Are you know what I'm saying? He says, We be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Oh my goodness. That is why when we, whenever we have any project to do, <laughs> or anything to do, the most important thing is what we have to do. Not what is available, not what the, the account is saying, not what it looks like we can do. All our attention on what we have to do. I follow it. Our attention on what we have to do. Not what we have in reserve, not what we have that is going to serve as our ability to do what we need to do. No. Because we reckon that God is with us. Do we understand whenever we say God is with us? Do we understand it? As an individual, do you understand when, when you say God is with you? In that business project, in that cell, in that family situation, do you understand when you say God is with you? Because when you understand it, your attitude and your mentality must change. Popularly, you have said that one or God plus one is the majority. If that is true, then your attitude should reflect it. I hear what I'm saying. Yes, sir. He says that they are stronger than we, and they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that is the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, so we were in their sight. <laughs> oh my. They must have been of a very high stature. Somebody to appear as grasshoppers to you. 
For all you know, they were speaking the fact. Because I told you the giants were very tall. By the time they got to Goliath's level, oh, the mixed breeding, mixed breeding, so the Goliath guy wasn't, you know, as like the original ones. And they, they brought this, they said this. How did God see? God said they brought an evil report. That was how God, that was how God saw it. They were, they, they were speaking their fact. But God said these people brought an evil report. What is the difference between an evil report and a good report? Let me tell you. The difference between a good report and an evil report is the faith that is absent or present in the communication. Are you hearing me? The difference between a good report or an evil report is the faith that is in the communication. If they had said, and we saw the people, and they were this, and they were that, but surely our God is with us, and we shall overcome them, that would be a good report. But that communication was absent, was void of faith. Therefore, it became an evil report. Can I prove this to you? Go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Quickly before we close. Hebrews chapter 11. Are you there? Verse 1. One of these days, we're going to do a quiz. You come to church on a Wednesday thinking I come to hear God's word. And before you know it, both those online and those in person, I say we're having a quiz today. And before you know it, it's a quiz on the previous series, not the current series. Previous series. <laughs> All right. Hebrews 11, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Verse 1. It says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of what things not seen. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now look at verse 2 quickly. It says, For by it the elders obtained a what? A what? I can't hear you. They obtained what? They obtained a good report. Are you seeing this? Faith is how we obtain a good report. The communication must have faith. The communication must be full of faith. Are you hearing me? Let me tell you one story. Oh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that actually goes on. The, the accountant of Winners Chapel, right? Living Faith International, Bishop Wade Post Ministry, the accountant <laughs> never, never comes to tell Bishop we don't have enough. Never. He stopped the accountant from using those words when they were still <laughs> very, very young. He said, never come and tell me that we don't have enough. Never. I don't hear it. The accountant. So sometimes they want to attend great projects. But what is there? <laughs> but Bishop says, don't ever come and tell me we don't have enough. What is he doing? He's protecting his faith. And he's teaching them the way of the scriptures. The way of a good report. Till date. Oh, by now, as of now, they don't even... They are like, the accountant can never ever. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, one of the richest wealthiest ministries the world over and they did not begin with a gold mine they didn't begin having a diamond mine they all they had was the word obedience and faith i hear what i'm saying yes bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 12 for by it the elders obtained a good report it is by faith we obtain a good report what God saw them bring was an evil report, not a good report, because there was absence of faith in that communication. 
You see, this must be your spirit. This must be your character. Anything that you are going to do, always approach it with the spirit of faith. Never with the spirit of down, discouragement, impossibility, inability, uh, discouragement. No. You can't accomplish anything for God that way. The spirit of faith must find itself in your language, in your communication, at all times. Because you see, if truly your life will go in the direction of your words, then this will be the experience of your life. As long as faith is absent, there will be no elevation. Now, these people who brought the evil report, you know what God did to them? As they had said was what they experienced. And God made sure. <laughs> mm. Yeah. If you knew how the enemy is marking your words, marking your words so that he can have legal grounds to jump on certain things in your life. <laughs> now, wh why do you think we get thoughts? So that those thoughts can be birthed. Because thoughts are seed. Thoughts are still womb, babies in the womb. But what produces the results is when they are spoken. You see? So the enemy wants you to now speak them. The same way God wants you to now also speak them. I follow. In Hebrews 13, verse 5, the Bible says, For he hath said, so we may boldly what? Say. When he said it, what did it enter? Our heart, our mind, our thoughts. So that now we'll do what? We'll say. He say he said to us, so we will say. Are you following? Yes, sir. He said to us, so we will say. Now the enemy also says to you, so you will say. And when you say, you are defeated. Understand this. On Sunday, I was trying to bring that bridge, that understanding between realizing that words are spirits. You are a spirit being. Therefore, your constituents are words therefore words can build you or words can tear you down i feel what i'm saying words can build you or words can tear you down words can purify you or words can pollute you people that miss wednesday services they, they miss a lot words can purify you or words can pollute you can i prove it to you john chapter 15 hallelujah John chapter 15. All those online, I hope you are following. I might do a quiz this this just this night. If you are not following. We are going to be one of the wealthiest ministries the world over. Amen. With so much power that nations and presidents Amen. listen to us. Amen. We are going to control continents. Jesus. We are going to be among the fastest growing churches, not only in this nation, but in Africa and the world over. Are you here? John 15. Are you there? What did I tell you? I told you words can either purify you or words can what pollute you. Now look at verse 3. He says, What did Jesus say? He said, Now ye are clean. Through the word which I have what, spoken unto you. You see that? You are clean through the word which I have what, spoken unto you. That's why there are certain words you should not hear. 
Somebody comes sit down with you, converse with you, bad things about this person, this about that. By the time you are leaving, you are you are dirty. You are dirty. You heard you heard things you shouldn't hear. Is that it's true? So what? You should. By the time you are leaving, you, you are you are dirty. You are, you are, you are, you are white dirty. You need to go and take a spiritual bath. Jesus said, "You are clean through the words that are spoken unto you." Please tell me what I'm saying. Yeah. There have been times I've met people, and then they they they, they want to tell me about all that this other uh, person did and this other person did, and then they'll talk talk. Because if I try to share them at that moment, they'll feel like, "Oh, eh, you are supporting them." When they talk about, it, I say, "Okay, you know what? This is what I'm going to do right now. Okay, you're going to give attention to yourself." Because at the end of the day, you have to give attention to you. You have to focus. That's what I want, I want to turn the light on. Right now, you are here. Right now, it is you I'm dealing with. But they would like you to talk some and say some of what the other people did. And they feel like just because you're not talking about what the other people did and everything, you're supporting them or you are. No. No. Because you see, when you dwell on that, you don't produce solutions. When you dwell on problems, you only magnify the problem and you make it worse. I listen to what I'm saying. Words purify you or pollute you. Words purify you or pollute you. Words build you or tear you down. That is why when you keep yourself in the presence of God, when you keep yourself in the church, when you keep yourself in meetings, the words that come from God, they build you up. They build. Some of you, you will never know how strong you are until one day a particular storm arises. And that's where you see all the months and weeks of hearing the word as it was coming to you. You thought nothing is happening. You didn't know that a mountain of strength was being built on the inside of you. That's what the word of God is doing to you. That's what the words are doing to you. Are you here, somebody? Words are important. Numbers 14. Oh, Sharate Paradis. Numbers 14. This is another congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Oh, these Israelites. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, if you study them, you will learn a lot about human behavior. I'm telling you, you will learn so much about human behavior. And you will also learn so much about leadership. You learn so much about how men can be. And you will learn also how you should actually be like. See, because in their behavior, not everybody behaves like them. And you will see the people you should behave like. We, we saw Joshua, we saw Aaron, we saw Miriam, right? We saw the people that wanted to speak or challenge the man, the, the, the man of God or, the, or Moses. And was not Joshua away, Joshua was also away. But we saw, we never heard him act out of order, you see? Then we saw other men who, with their families, wanted to oppose the leadership we saw those who when they were coming out of egypt were very happy moses the deliverer moses the savior now after some one or two three wars and they are now free in the open space 
Now they felt like, wow, well, after all, we, you know, we are all, you know, here, you know, we can do what we also like. Why? It teaches us a lot. Sometimes people can forget easily. This is what I said. When you when you say you are like, you will learn a lot about human behavior. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. And when that happens, when you learn a lot about human behavior, surprises in your life reduce. It's true. Surprises come down. And it helps you to be able to trace when something, when a person is going a particular way, you can see it far before they start going that route. And we all need it. Because today you may be somebody's son or daughter. But tomorrow you also have your own children. Yeah. You won't be a young man forever. You won't be a bachelor forever. <laughs> Praise God. Yes, guys. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse, verse 1. It says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses. Wow. This must be serious, too. And imagine Moses' wife, if she wasn't a patient one or a strong woman, what she would even do? Moses, remember against Moses and against Aaron and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? This is serious. Though. Leadership is not easy. Hmm. What's some calamity happen? Hey, and you told us to do this. <laughs> oh my goodness. Would to God we had died in this wilderness. Today I got a call early in the morning. The call woke me up and I heard some very unpleasant news. And it was coming to me from somebody who I had been um, together with in a you know a different place of service. And they told me about something that happened to some of the former former guys, former I was like, what? So now, it was like, oh God. All, all this, everything was now playing out. Playing out, playing out, playing out. And I'm so sorry, so sad about the situation that happened. I can't tell you the details now. But it's so, it's so, so sad. So during all this period, all that time, it was difficult for some people to see something. They called me today. They told me, like, oh God, I was sad about this. I'm so sorry. I felt so sorry for for the person that this thing had happened to the family. Uh, I learned something. Sometimes be, be careful, right? When somebody is so loud. To try to paint somebody black, it doesn't. No matter the, it could be business, it could be ministry, it could be. Be, be careful, because and, and especially when the person who they are trying to paint black is quiet and is not saying anything. What I heard today, and what had happened, I was so, I was like, my goodness. Oh, I wish I could tell you. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. Right now, what is this, this this girl going to do now? If 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 the mercy of God doesn't come in this thing, this girl's life is. So now all of them, all of these guys are now it's like the the the, 
and many times it's like it's too late by the time the truth is seen and the reality is what it is sometimes it's as if it's too late i told them wow i'm so so sorry but i told them that of course i'm ready to support support them and support the situation you know it's unfortunate but i'm in a position where i can help so i'll be there to be supported i wish i could tell you you see our elderly people sometimes tell us something you know sometimes some of them through selling music and stuff so that if we are saying sebi you ain't franco baby you get it not to discourage you from working hard not to discourage you from being successful not to discourage you from pursuing and winning and being triumphant but to let you know how you should take certain things lightly and how you should give attention to what matters most so that you can know your priorities one of the most important things in life okay is relationship relationship no matter the category it falls into relationship one of the most important things in life is relationship relationship is more valuable than money it's more valuable than money and there are things that you should never allow destroy relationship listen our very salvation is because of our relationship with Jesus our relationship with God that's how strong relationships are you see that is why our attitude to relationship matters never think that oh that's all about never needs person again so you can go to hell and then you do any kind of thing and then you don't care about their life again no be humble be humble you can choose you can choose to be humble or you can choose to be humbled mm. <laughs> yeah i said it you can choose to be humble or be humbled one of them is from your standpoint or your willingness your allowance the other one is by force without option i hear what i'm saying yes, there are people that you were classmates with people that you were uh, a classmate with how did you treat them how did you relate to them you know that sometimes because of how bad people treat certain people later in life they need them they meet them even somewhere or they need them for something they are unable to approach them because they know how nasty they dealt with them relationship is so important don't let money destroy relationship don't let offense destroy relationship there are things that you need to watch because the devil is always out to destroy relationship his pursuit is always to destroy relationship the first thing he did was to destroy the relationship between god and man that's the first thing the devil did every time you identify that friction is coming into your relationship with somebody who is important somebody who matters somebody who is in your life 
that God put there. Be careful. Watch it. Don't just begin to look at the physical. Look beyond the physical. Are you following? Yes, sir. I'm sharing with you things that are important for life. Because the devil's tactic is always to destroy relationship. One thing about God is that God always works in seed form in the beginning. So your relationship with somebody today may not look like it can become something mighty tomorrow. But God has given you the seed so that you can, you can have the opportunity of that seed while it is not yet a tree. When it becomes a tree, you can't carry the tree to your house. While it's a seed, you can plant it in your house. Mm. How many people today won't thank God that they met Bishop Dag at the time they met him? How many people today won't thank Dr. Menzaltabu that they met him at the time they met him? How many people today won't thank Mr. Kojo Adamans, the CEO of Data Bank, at the time they met him? Relationships are like that. You see? And the devil will always seek to destroy relationships. He will always seek to destroy relationships. That is one of the things he targets. Not because of how the relationship is today, but because of how it will be like tomorrow. And I told you, several times relationships are like then in a seed form. It's not about what is today, but what will be tomorrow. The first thing, when we read the scriptures, one of the first things we saw him do was destroy the relationship between God and man. And he hasn't stopped. He has not stopped. He is still at it. Any relationship that has the potential to transform your life, to lift you, the devil will come after it. I hear what I'm saying. But relationship is more important. One of the most important things in life is more important than money. I get what I'm saying. Every time a relationship is coming under attack, someone who matters in your life, someone God put in your life. There's a time, a point to say, okay, enough of the physical approach. What is actually trying to come, you know, at this thing? What is behind it? I hear what I'm saying. It's important. So when I heard the, the, the news today, I was so, so sad. Just that I can't tell you what it is. Though I wish I could tell you. I was so sad. But I learned a lot. Are you here? Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's round up. Numbers 14, verse 2. And all the children of Israel remembered against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto him, unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? I was telling you, when you study the people, the people of Israel, you learn a lot about human behavior. A lot. Verse 3. And wherefore had the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? Wow. Mm. You're the same people who were hailing Moses when you came out of Egypt. Now you are saying it would be better if you went into Egypt. Human behavior. And then you learn how you should, how you're supposed to be like, how you're not supposed to be like. And then surprises, like I said, reducing your life. Verse 4. 
and they said one to another let us make a captain and let us return into egypt hey my goodness this is serious very serious all this while moses the leader was probably there saying oh god these people you, you, you wonder what kind of people they were but like i told you human behavior they were so quick to forget so quick to forget that this person you, you would want, now want to lead, this place you would now want to enter, this God that brought you, he brought you through the Red Sea. They forgot. You see, when you, when you learn that people forget things easily, it is not so that you also become a victim of that flaw, but so that you will learn to remember, even when you are, you are about to forget, you put yourself in check and remember. I told you the other day, the difference between David and Saul was remembrance. David always remembered where God picked him from. Saul forgot. And that is why the person who made Saul king, when he had to rebuke Saul, was afraid that Saul would kill him. Someone told God, God, if Saul hears I'm going to anoint David, he will kill me. When did it get there? He should have never gotten there. And I told you about David. Another prophet, Nathan, could come and correct him. It wasn't even Nathan who anointed him, but he could come and correct him without being afraid that he would be killed. Two different kind of people. He said, let us make a captain and return into Egypt. Hey! Cool, now start it. <laughs> then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the son of the congregation of the children of Israel, and Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that said the land, rent their clothes, and they speak unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which flowed with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people. Fear was instigating this. You see, that is why every unchecked fear will make you misbehave. Every unchecked fear will make you misbehave in the long run. Sometimes certain people's misbehavior is insecurities, which are fears. This is what fear was doing to them. Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. This is a good report. This is faith. I told you, the difference between a good report and evil report is the substance of faith that is either absent or present in the communication. You see, what they said in chapter 13 was probably the facts. But because it lacked the substance of faith, God said it was an evil report. Anything God asks you to do, anything God speaks to you about, He wants you to communicate with that same spirit of faith. I hear what I'm saying. Yeah. Verse 10. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. Mm. What this means is that they said we should stone them. Wow. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will these people provoke me? <laughs> How long will these people provoke me? They are in their feelings. <laughs> At this point in time. They are in their feelings. They are acting up. Misbehaving. God is not seeing that. He is seeing that they are misbehaving. Brothers and sisters, your emotions were given to you, not to rule you. What this boy displayed, God wasn't happy. 
Look how it says. How long will this provoke me? And how long will it be before they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them, it was beginning to almost become stressful. <laughs> God stressed. This is serious. It's a message. <laughs> Stressing God. <laughs> Praise God. Look at what the Bible says. Verse 12. I will smite them with a pestilence and disinherit them, in other words, disown them, and will make thee of a greater nation and mightier than thee. What? This is a serious check for Moses. God says, Sack them, sack them. I will, you, let me and you. And when God says, God can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Abraham was saying, Didn't have me have any child. God said, I'll give you a child and I'll make your child great. So God wasn't bluffing at this point. God doesn't bluff. <laughs> God is big old. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm te- God is big. What we are experiencing of God in this world, eh, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, eh, <laughs> it is like pers- one percent. Very, very small. I'm telling you. Sometimes, eh, when have fellowship with God and I recognize his greatness and I look at what so I'm like that's why I understand that you see when we say true humility the, the, realest, the realest humility is God's humility and the realest love is God's love last week Wednesday I taught you on mercy the mercy of God see God's mercy there's no comparison because the greatness of this person, we don't know it all. I'm telling you. The day you get to heaven, the day you be given the opportunity, I pray that within the 70 days, that may God be gracious and merciful and grant some of us encounters before his throne. Eh? When you come back, You'll never be the same again. <laughs> what? Words, words, words will fail me. Mm. So there are certain things when I discovered them, man. I became so relaxed. Yeah, I, 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 seriously. Because I'm like, what, what, what else? <laughs> what next? It's God. I think it's a message we preach one day. Mm. Simple thing that God and the Satan in the fight. Fight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you dreaming? <laughs> God is in the fight. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. When Lucifer did what he did, God saw it a long time. It is when it began to manifest that Michael and others went and then dealt with the situation. God, oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I said in a long time, I was sipping on some cool lead. <laughs> yeah, 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 see it. Even when the angels came on the earth, and I was telling you earlier on, and cohabited with the women, God saw it a long time. Those angels, they are in chains till now, as we speak, reserved in the blackness, darkness. Some of them have never seen light for the past 6,000 years. 
Yeah. They wanted Enoch to plead on their behalf. Fortunately. It's true. It didn't work. Michael came and he dealt with them. Over 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 150 angels. When we when we learn about the, the giant trees, we learn the all these things. Alright, like I said, I'll show you where some of advanced civilization came from as far back five thousand years ago. Mm. Before now. And I told you that if that race and that regime had continued, like by now we are not driving. No. Oh no 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 no, not at all. Forget driving. Mm. <laughs> it is well. Amen. Verse 12. I will smite them with the pestilence. Oh, we have to close. I will smite with the pestilence and disherit them, disinherit them, and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than thee. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear of it, for thou broughtest up these people in thy might from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. For they have heard that thou, Lord, art among these people, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them by daytime in a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if thou shalt kill all these people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring them, bring this people to the land which he swore unto them, therefore he had slain them in the wilderness. This is Moses. Mm. Moses was wise. There's a wisdom that comes from working with God. And now I beseech thee, let thy power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy. What did he do? He, remem- he reminded God of God's attributes. Mm. Remember, in the past, when God, when Moses said to God, Show me your glory, God to put Moses in the rock and pass before him and reveal his glory to Moses. What is his glory? His character, his attributes, his mercy, his long-suffering, his patience, his love. Mm. Moses reminded God. He said, let it be as you have spoken to me and you told me you are greater, that God is great in long-suffering, great in mercy. Do this now. So go to Moses. Mm. Moses to God. Remember what you said, do this now. The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. This is God. That's what I told you. This is God. And by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of these people, according unto the greatness of thy mercy. And as thou hast forgiven these people from Egypt even until now, Meaning they were bamboozling, they were they were effing up since they left Egypt until now. Moses said, You've been forgiving them. He says, Until now. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. But as truly I as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt, what does God mean when he says they saw his glory? Was it in his power? No. His character toward them. Because after he says my glory, he also says my miracles. The miracles were the plagues, the Vatican Red Sea, he calls all of his miracles. But his glory, he calls his character. They saw my patience. They saw how I remembered what I covenanted with Abraham and seek him to rescue them. He called that his glory. That is why you see, the glory of a woman is in her graciousness. We'll talk about that another day. He says, my glory, because all those which have seen my glory and my miracles I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these ten times. 
and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers. They shall any of them that provoke me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and had followed me for fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Hallelujah. Let's continue reading. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelt in the valley. Tomorrow turn you and get into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation, which murmur against me? I have heard the memories of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as he has spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Wow. Did you hear what he said? He said, Tell them, As surely as I live, as they have said in my ears, I will do so for them. God was now going to honor their words. They said they were as grass of best in their sight, so will it be. They said they are not able to possess the land, so will it be. And those who said they are able to overcome, so will it be for them. Your words. You see, your words. Words are spirit. Man is a spirit. These words, they form the constituent of our person. That is why your words can build you or tear you down. Words can pollute you or purify you. And God doesn't take it lightly. God wants us aware. God wants us aware. As we go through this series on words, make sure you don't miss any part. Because there's a ton of insight that is going to come to us by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can listen to more inspiring, uplifting, and spirit-filled sermons and teachings from our man of God, Reverend Elijah, on Podbean, Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcast at Christ Glory Ministries. God bless you.